You're listening to the Visual Vocalist Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Prinson. Join me and let's explore all things vocal, including technique, mindset, training and performance in an effort to unleash your full vocal potential. All right, welcome to episode one of the Visual Vocalist Podcast. I'm your host, Eli Prinson. Thanks for joining. In this first episode, we're going to talk about extending the vocal range. All right. Most of you know what the vocal range is. That's why you're here. But just in case there's anyone out there that doesn't know what that is, the vocal range is just a measurement from the lowest note to the highest note that you can sing. All right. So if you're down, if you if you can sing right there to yeah, and and that's all you got. That's as high as you can go. This is as low as you can go. Okay. Well you would be stuck singing songs that lived between those two notes. That would be your vocal range, okay? So then when you were either searching for something to sing or were asked to sing something, you would have to find out where all the notes lived in that song to see if you had the vocal range to pull it off, right? So we quickly find out. If we start getting serious about singing, we start to discover that, hey, I can't hardly sing anything that I really wish I could sing. And there's so many songs that are just out of my range. I'm just screaming, trying to hit this note and I can't do it. Extending the vocal range (laughs) is what we seek. And that is the number one reason in the world why people seek out a vocal coach and vocal training. I remember when I started, I actually used to be a drummer and we needed background vocals. And I was like, oh yeah, sure, man. I'll just get me one of those Kip Winger head-worn microphones and sync background. And I, you know, and I bought the thing, stuck it on my head and quickly realized I couldn't sing anything, man, nothing. I didn't have any kind of a falsetto to even pull off any kind of light backing vocals, you know? And this is back in the late eighties where everybody sang super high, you know, the lead vocal and the background vocal, everything. And I was stuck with, yeah, man, with this low, low baritone voice. So I always loved listening to singers back then that could sing super high. I mean, that's what everyone was doing back then on the radio. Everybody is, you know, that's when metal ruled the airwaves, rock and heavy metal, and everybody sang high. So um, I discovered (laughs) that about an hour away, an hour's drive away, there was a vocal coach that was teaching a lot of the stars that I was actually listening to on the radio. This guy was teaching the singer from Sabotage, the singer from Crimson Glory, Saigon Kick, all kinds of singers that that I thought, wow, man, these people can really sing. And um, so I knew that, okay, if I'm going to take lessons, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make the trip. And that was before the internet. I didn't really have a choice. (laughs) So I had to, every Saturday, I used to drive an hour there, spend an hour there studying and drive an hour home. And I did that for several years. Okay. Now, my main objective at the time was just extending the vocal range. And all I cared about was singing high. I'm like, and in fact, my, my very first lesson when I walked through the door I, I almost attacked the guy with a Christmas list. You know, I want to be able to shatter glass and, and I want to be able to, you know, hit whistle notes like Rob Halford and, you know, 
And I asked, I came right out and asked him, I said, what is the highest note I can hit? He looks at me and he says, what's the lowest note you can hit? And being a 17-year-old kid, I looked at him, paused for a second and said, who cares? And I regret that now. (laughs) But I actually said that because I did not care. I already had a low voice because, hey, man, what's up? I had that kind of low end. So I really didn't care. I just wanted the highs more than anything. But he said, how low can you sing? And I said, who cares? And then he says, well, we're going to train both sides of your voice and stretch those vocal folds like gum. He's, he's, you know, he said, we're gonna, you're going to go lower than you can now, and you're going to go way higher than you can now. I didn't even ask him why. I just said, can you help me to sing like this guy? And he's like, absolutely. I, I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So, long story short, uh, my first day, I remember the measurement. We measured uh, my vocal range, okay? And I was pretty proud of my low end because it was it came naturally to me. I had a lower voice, so... I was um, singing down to E down here. E. That was the low, lowest note in my chest voice. Oh. And I could belt, or actually it was really, let's face it, it was screaming. I was screaming at the guy, full volume, doing everything wrong. And that was right in between G and G sharp. Right in between here and here. And that was absolutely the brick wall of where my chest voice could go, my belt. And I, as far as head voice, falsetto, anything like that, I didn't really have any because I did not understand chord closure or compression or getting rid of the wind. I didn't understand all that. I didn't understand anything, right? I just wanted to sing higher. That's it. Extend my vocal range. So I had heard some of my friends in the past, you know, I, I, they, they tried to go to a couple of local coaches and I just completely bypassed that route because I had heard some of their horror stories. They were, you know, they walked in there and they sounded like me when they sang and, and uh, the coaches told them, oh, you're a baritone. I'm sorry. You, you'll never be able to sing, you know, stuff from White Snake or Priest or anything that you enjoy that was on the radio back then. They said, no, you, you have to sing from between, you know, between here and here. And it's like, okay, that's, uh, <laughs> that's nothing in the rock or metal world that I'm listening to right now. So it's like, what's the point? Unless you want to sing classical, right? Well, I knew what uh, this guy in Largo, Florida, Florida could do because I was listening to the, his students on the radio. His name, my, my teacher's name was Al Cohen. And he taught out of um, Largo and St. Pete um, back from uh, the late 80s all the way through until 2013 when he passed away. But he was an absolutely phenomenal vocal teacher. Phenomenal. Okay, he could deliver. And now he himself was a tenor. But when I walked through those doors, he didn't tell me, okay, you're a baritone. We're going to do this. No. I told him what I wanted to do, and he was like, okay, let's get to work. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so he had a high voice, and I didn't. But he, he trained me to be able to sing just as high as he could which I thought was amazing. And I was pretty stubborn. I went after it because it was my dream and I got it. And I tell everybody that I meet, I have yet to meet a student as bad as I was, but it actually helped me to be a better teacher because I did everything you could possibly do wrong, wrong. And I had to learn how to correct every single problem to get where I wanted to be. And that helped me later on in life after 
having a, a pretty good you know singing career that helped me to be able to to be a better teacher and I'm very thankful for that now <laughs> at least I am now okay so um vocal ranges um, usually like I was saying you know they talk about um, a lot of teachers will talk about okay you're a bass or you're gonna sing from C2 to E4 you're a baritone you're gonna sing from F2 to G4 and so on and so forth um, those classifications are for classical singing and really any popular music of nowadays you don't even have to worry about that because after training you're gonna have much more range than one little category you know so you're not going to be stuck in the corner with a dunce cap just because you have a baritone voice. Chances are your range is going to be, you know, massive and your tone's going to be thick and full way past that G4. Now, I do remember screaming at my teacher between G and G4 right here and G sharp four rather, because that's where the chorus of Highway to Hell lived. And I remember that was absolutely as high as I could go screaming at the top of my lungs. You know, the chorus of Highway to Hell by ACDC. So I remember having to scream that as hard as I could. Now it, it actually seems quite easy, even in the belt register. And I'm a quote unquote baritone. So right in there, I'm on the highway to hell. is a piece of cake, you know, but it wasn't always that way. I remember screaming that note and my teacher looking at me and saying, are you mad at me, Eli? What's going on? Why are you screaming at me? And I was like, well, I'm sorry, man. That's the only way I can do it, you know? And uh, thank God he helped to change all that. <laughs> so we extended my range, right? Now, there was a different path I took. This is one uh, point I want to make. Extending the range can be done in several different ways, right? Now, like I was saying earlier, I didn't have any kind of falsetto at all. My falsetto was pretty much non-existent, didn't understand chord closure or compression, so I was dealing with a lot of wind, a very open, flooded glottis, just, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. And I was super embarrassed about it. I was embarrassed about it. I tried to sing something in falsetto because I couldn't hit the notes, and I sounded absolutely ridiculous. You're a rainbow with the talk. It was, it's just ridiculous. So when I first started training, I was so, you know, put off by that, that I actually extended that chest register a lot higher than a lot of my peers that were, you know, handing it off or switching to middle voice and up into head voice. Um, I waited for a long time. I was so stubborn about that. Finally, after I was belting, and this is no joke, it's verifiable, I was belting, I'm a baritone, quote unquote, and I was belting E5s and Fs in full chest register, okay? Finally, my teacher said, Eli, we've got to work that middle voice. We've got to work that. We need to work that head voice. And uh, it's going to make your life a lot easier. And I was finally like, okay, you know. <laughs> but I am thankful now uh, that I actually did that. You know, it was kind of unheard of back then to do something like that. But, you know, that's just how I am. I was always outside of the box, just always kind of a knucklehead, slow learner, but very determined. I never gave up. Never. So went past uh, screaming at a G to being, being able to bring chest voice way, way up here. Now, you know, back then I had eight pack abs and was strong as an ox, you know, and 
swim underwater for over two minutes and you know, and I had to, to be able to sing in, in chest voice the whole time and be able to go that high. But I quickly found out, okay, this is, this is requiring a lot of maintenance, a lot of leg lifts and crunches and training. And it wasn't that I was afraid of that training. It was just that, Hey, you know, I knew better. I heard other singers, um, handing it off to middle, going into mix and, you know, it saving their voice and them singing for hours and hours and hours. And so finally I gave in, okay, Al, let's work on this. <laughs> so the paths of extending the range. One would be, as I was saying, like me, when I was young, I decided I was gonna do it all in belt for the first year. So I went from um, singing up to a G, C sharp just now, just on the fly not really measuring, but just going for it. So that was full chest voice. That's the proof that, hey, you can extend um, that register. You don't have to just go to E4 and, you know, with your baritone dunce cap on and say, okay, I, there, I have no choice. I must bridge into head voice right here at E, right? I have no choice. Wrong, wrong. I didn't know any better. And my teacher just let me keep working because I could hit a G even though I was screaming, <laughs> and uh, just keep going. Send the sound out. He told me what to do and how to access more range in the chest. He wanted me to have more chest range before we did anything else to set a strong foundation. That was just the way he operated. So the next way of extending the range would be to bridge and connect or establish a bridge or fusion in the vocal registers. So most people, uh, I've actually met a couple of people that never had a break in their life. And I'm so jealous of that. Even though I'm, I've grown past that, you know, been studying voice and teaching and singing for 35 years, it still kind of hit a nerve. I'm like, how dare you be able to <laughs> just go from your chest voice all the way through head voice with no crack and you've never known what that feels like. You've never known the frustration that that causes when you're trying to learn, right? But most of us have a flip in the voice, you know, that break that's where you're going from your chest voice, ah, up into, ah, up into your head voice, that crack in the middle, ah, and then up into there, right? That yodel that everyone hates. You, uh, singer, I remember Al told me, he says, yeah, singers would rather hit, get hit by a truck than crack on stage. And he's right. He's right. You wish you got hit by a truck when you're on stage if you crack right in front of everybody. It sucks. But basically, you can extend the range, extending the, the belt. Yeah! Or extend the range by eliminating the break. Yeah! And going from your chest voice. Yeah! And getting rid of that break from the head voice on through the chest voice, right? So you have those options. And then you have um, how you're using your voice. Some people choose to do a lower bridge. Some people like more chest range and they choose a higher bridge. All that means is um, in, in a typical speech level singing exercise, SLS, which I do have a lot of SLS in um, hybrid vocal technique, but 
where you're, say you started low, you were a low voice guy. It's ma 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 Everyone's heard this exercise a billion times, right? Ma 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 Staying in chest, just shedding the mass and the weight off of it, right? Was taught to do that and not have to shout and scream anymore. So every time I would see a SLS teacher and making fun of belters, they would always say, oh, don't pull chest. And they make this really wide mouth and stick their tongue out and strain everything in their neck. And I would look at them because I'd already studied uh, bel canto and I would think to myself, yeah, if you do it like that, you'll never be able to go high in chest voice. You're doing everything wrong on purpose. Right? Still in chest, right? So right here was the dreaded G4 on top that I used to scream at my teacher. Kind of weird for our baritone to sing all the way up to G4 and it still actually sound like he's not screaming and shouting, right? Full chest voice, okay? Not a lot of guys want to do that. Um, they'll opt out to um, learn how to bridge earlier. And which still sounds good because I've done it for a long time, right? But when you're trying to sing something that is, you know, say it's in the 80s, 90s genre, and there's a lot of belt going on back then, a lot of tough sounding vocals, and you're trying to do this in head voice, it does not sound the same. It does not sound the same unless you are very fortunate to have a head voice that sounds absolutely phenomenal. And, um, and to be fair, I've, I've trained some basses, some basses that once they got into their mixed voice and their head voice, it sounded exactly like chest voice. They were always the rule to the exception. And then after I'd get them trained, I'd be like, you know what? You're actually blessed. Listen to you. You sound like you're belting. You got those thick cords and you sound like you're belting and you're in your head voice and it's easy street for you, you know? So think about it this way. Uh, if you're right here, uh, say we're at A or A or B flat and you are absolutely struggling. Oh, and you can't go that high. You can't go that high. The first thing you discover is that, hey, why? You have to ask yourself why. What is the reason I can't? And if you talk to someone that actually knows how to teach voice or someone that actually knows what the deal is, they'll tell you. The, the, you know, if you think about other musical instruments, a piano, a guitar, a stringed instrument, they usually don't just have one string right? Even a bass, a bass has four strings, guitars, six, seven, and eight strings nowadays, right? But think about it. The low string is thicker, produces the low sounds, right? Thicker. And then the high ones, the strings are thinner. They're thinner. You have to think of your voice the exact same way. You have to think of it the same way. If you Start where you're used to starting in your speech. Hey, what's going on, man? And then you try to bring that up high. It's going to be too fat because you're not going to, quote unquote, change strings. I'm doing air quotes like Dr. Evil, 
right? You got to change strings. That does not mean you have to change registers. So if you're extending the range in your belt, go from a um, from the low sound where it feels thick in your speech and start thinning that sound as it goes higher as if you were what? Thinning and going to a different string, going to a different string on a guitar or a real piano. If the lid was up on a grand piano, you would see the difference in the size of those strings from the lowest and the highest notes. In fact, I remember my teacher telling me, Eli, the voice is almost like a one stringed instrument. It's like uh, the lowest notes are like uh, the string of a bass guitar. And as it goes higher and higher and higher, it gets thinner to the thin string of a guitar. And he used to compare it to almost like, like a triangle or a pyramid or a Christmas tree. So we would start, ah, from the low note, ah, it's more like speech. It's a little fatter, ah. So what if even right there, all right, if I started at C below middle C and just went to middle C, ah, I've already thinned the sound out. What if I didn't? Ah, it's all stuck in my mouth and my throat and it's fat, right? I need that sound to thin and to rise and to go higher. Higher in frequency? Hmm, higher in the head. So then it starts to come up there a little bit more. Let's just go from F to F. Stay in chest here. Ah, that sound up there. Ah, was a lot thinner than me trying to do this. Ah, and keeping the sound really thick and fat. Okay, I think you get the message. If you want your chest voice to go higher, thin the sound out, thin it out. Think of it at, just like I was saying, like a Christmas tree. It gets, as it goes higher and higher from the low notes to the high notes, it goes higher in your head in sensation and resonance, and it gets thinner and thinner and thinner. And then those sounds will come out a lot easier. Now, when you're dealing with your head voice, what you're going to find out is that when you reach the peak or the wall in the range of your head voice, I've seen it a million times and I did it. Um, you'll quickly discover that while you're trying to push excessive air past the vocal folds in an effort to try to reach more range in your head voice, you're actually fighting yourself. And you'll realize that the less air you use, the easier the vocal folds will actually respond. They don't want a ton of air blown at them or they'll break, they'll bust apart, okay? So when you're, usually I've seen it, it's either E flat or E, I've seen it a million times, either here or here. I'm talking up there at the end of most guys' head voice. Okay, they won't even be able to do that. What they'll be doing is and it's actually a fat sound in the head voice. Just like a fat sound in the chest won't go high, oh, and you get stuck, the same thing will happen when you blast too much air through the vocal folds. You'll get a fat sound, oh, and you'll get stuck. You'll hit the same ceiling. It'll feel almost the same. So you have the same exact remedy. Cut the air back, 
go for more resonance, more of a focused cut sound. When you do that, you'll feel better placement in the skull. The voice will feel as if it's not even being created in the throat, but rather up in the mask inside the skull. And in some cases, even out of body above the skull or even behind the skull ringing like a bell. Okay. Now, along with this comes relaxation of the throat. That sounds impossible. And when you're young, or even if you started older, when you start rather, it feels impossible. You'll have a teacher, someone like me or my coach telling you, okay, no action in the throat. You have to relax everything. And it seems impossible to do. And then years later, you realize with some time and some training and you get better and better and better that the more you relax the outer muscles of the throat, the higher your voice starts going. Less air, a more focused, tiny little ping, better overtones and resonance and relaxation in your throat, your voice goes higher and higher and higher and higher. And you know what? That's not the whole story because the low range is a big deal as well. You want to stretch the low range, train the low range, get more mileage out of the low range. And in hybrid vocal technique, we work on a low mix, not just the high mix. So in hybrid vocal technique, you, we stretch the chest, uh, the chest register as far as it'll go. And then there's another octave after that. Because we mix the chest and the fry together, right? Again, like what I was saying earlier, the lowest note I could hit when I started with a low voice was this E down here. And now I can go to the bottom of this, uh, this keyboard that I have here. And I couldn't do that when I was 17 years old, right? All right, so what you discover, um, if you're studying hybrid vocal technique with me, is that the low range is so similar to the high range, it's like putting the high range in a mirror because the vocal folds do not want all that air blown at them. And everyone, before they learn, tries to sing very low with a ton of air. <sighs> they try to fuse their jaw to their chest and everything, and it just doesn't work. All the air gets blasted out, and you lose all your overtones in your placement, right? So the same thing that works at the top, you didn't want to blast that air at E5, you're going to get stuck. It's a thinner sound, it's brighter, and there's less air blown at the chords. And then at the bottom, that's a focus sound. There's virtually no air passing through there, okay? So that does it for this very first episode of the Visual Vocalist Podcast. If you'd like to extend your vocal range to its absolute maximum potential and learn more about me and hybrid vocal technique, head over to hybridvocaltechnique.com and explore all of the vocal training options made available to you, such as HVT vocal training programs, private one-on-one -on -one online coaching, or become a VIP member and get streaming access to the entire HVT library. I'm talking the flagship program, all of the extended studies programs, all the add-on programs. You'll have uh, access to the VIP community, the Q&A live streams that have giveaways, 
discounted private lessons, as well as legacy content from Al Cohen, my vocal teacher. Okay? So the choice is yours. Make it today and let's sing. Okay? I'll see you next time.